We're back with another TV flashcast about Game of Thrones. I'm Jason Snell. It's season six, episode five, Door. Boy, that has more meaning now than it did when I pressed play. <laughs> uh, here joining me in person, we watched this episode together. I have two visitors from the north, Erica Ensign. Hello. Hello from, from usually beyond the wall. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. And yeah. Stephen Chapansky. Hello. Hello. Uh, it's it's uh, it's actually as cold down here, so I fear that perhaps we, the White Walkers or the Whites, depending on what we are, have brought the cold and uh, mm-hmm. and here to, here to King's Landing. Well, <laughs> the good news is winter is leaving, so <laughs> yes, it'll all be fine mm-hmm. in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I keep telling myself about Game of Thrones too. I'm not sure I believe it. Yeah. So uh, should we walk through all the various locations of this episode? That's usually what I do. And yes. we comment as we go. Because, again, Game of Thrones is not telling one story. Mm-mm. It seems to be telling about eight at a time. And so much happened in this one. If we don't go location by location, I know I'm going to miss like three or five or 12 things that happened. I think about not taking notes when I watch. And then I realize <laughs> I have to take notes when yep. I watch. Doctor Who, I could probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. There is no way I could uh, talk about Game of Thrones after right. watching it. Because mm-hmm. what, what were the first couple of scenes? I don't remember anymore. I'm pretty much focused on the last 15 minutes now. Yep. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can't even fit in the, the number of locations in an episode in the opening credits anymore. Cause That's we, true. Because we didn't have the... This is the, the second week in a row that has had at least one location missing. Yeah, because there's mm-hmm. too many stories. There's, yep. I mean, I count what? One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight locations, I think. Uh, seven, seven, maybe it's seven. It's a lot. Yeah. Many. And uh, Many. nine distinct story segments because we go back to one place three times and one place twice. Wow. So there's a lot going on in this episode. We're all mm-hmm. over the all over the map. And so, oh, the map. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Including the places not listed on the map this week. <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, start at the wall. Why not? We usually mm-hmm. end at the wall. This episode doesn't, isn't like super, mm-hmm. the big things that happen aren't actually at the wall. Uh, so the question of what is up with Littlefinger, uh, he shows up in a barn in Molestown mm-hmm. uh, to have a secret meeting with Sansa, but Sansa brings her bodyguard. Which was awesome. That was, I think, well, we'll get to the last scene, which I think had the most impact, but as far as just my favorite, wow, that scene in the barn left me just speechless. I, cause I, I was one of the people that almost jumped off the show last year after what happened to Sansa. And I love that they (laughs) didn't pull their punches when they're dealing with the aftermath of that. I could not believe that she was asking, what do you think he did to me? And I was just like... (laughs) I, I, my, uh, my shoulders went up to my ears. I was just suddenly so tense. I was like, yes, don't let him off the hook. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah. It was so rare to see Littlefinger like on his back foot. Usually he's the one that sort of has a response and an answer for everything. And he was like, uh, um, uh, I really, I really couldn't say my lady. I, I, I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I really couldn't say. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't believe for a second that he didn't know. No, no, no. And I was I was very glad that Sansa didn't uh, didn't fall for his shtick this time and basically just sent him packing. I was kind of hoping that she'd have Brienne kill him just just cause, right? <laughs> but but in the end, I'm I'm glad she didn't. And he's got he's got an army sitting there, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. very clear that she's gonna she's gonna need to tell John that it's there at some point, mm-hmm. and he's gonna want to want to use it. 
Yep, yeah, that's that's coming. And I don't I don't know if I believe the news no. that he told her in the first place. I feel like he was maybe making that up. That that her uncle, her great uncle, had to overtaken Riverwood. Do we know who the great uncle was? Have we met him before? The blackfish. The blackfish. Uh, you know, somebody out there is going to say, "Well, yes, we saw mm-hmm. the blackfish in three scenes in season two. And yeah. I I don't know. I mean, it's also a character mm-hmm. from the books. He's he's been out there, whether we've seen him or not. Maybe we saw him with Catelyn at some point early mm-hmm. on. Maybe during Rob's uh, rebellion. I don't remember. I remember the name, the black fish but that's yeah. all i can come up with so but it's it's catlin's mm-hmm. brother right so mm-hmm. uh but i don't know yeah it's a good question is that another is that another lie or not but um it is great to see Littlefinger on the defensive so mm-hmm. great and you know this is the progression of sansa sansa has come so far yes. she has come all the way through where she knows what she needs to do she knows how the world works mm-hmm. and she's not gonna let Littlefinger off the hook he you know he sold her down the river he put her in there he had to have known what was going to happen to some degree Mm -hmm. and he plays that game of like oh well my lady i certainly i I just couldn't even i'd take it back if i if i could Mm -hmm. i'll do anything Mm -hmm. and brienne i mean i laughed out loud at the uh brienne's like you will answer her (laughs) yes (laughs) yes she because we all thought like you know uh, normal television uh, procedure would sort of be, do you know what they asked? It would just sort of be left as a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. But no, they she kept, actually forces a forces him to answer. It was very daring. I like that. Hammering it home. That was that was great. And I do like that Sansa has gotten to the point where she she has a goal and she is going for it in a much more strong, straightforward, forthright way. But I am worried about the manner that she's. I, I feel like she might be overreaching a little mm-hmm. bit. They're setting setting that up that. That, that she might be, you know, she's she's lied to him. She's lied to John at this point, and she just she's so determined to take her revenge because she's so she's so mad and and hurt and broken, which I don't blame her for one bit. But that's that's not the uh, not the best way to go about things, as we've seen in this show before. Yeah, you get the sense that she, um, you know, she doesn't want to talk about any of this stuff with John. She doesn't want to bring Littlefinger in, and yet mm-hmm. it's very clear. I think that you know. Obviously, that lie and the fact that Littlefinger is hanging out there with those mm-hmm. those people, which means that they're going to have to use them, and that means that they're going to be indebted to Littlefinger to some way. And mm-hmm. I guess that's I guess that's his game. But he knows now that he can't play the same game with her that he played before, and that part yep. was beautiful. Yep, she's she's grown up a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, a whole lot, I would say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she's experienced a lot of terrible things, but she's also sort of all all of her illusions about the world were stripped away. But mm-hmm. she seems to have brought at least some amount of wisdom. That, that she has now that she didn't before. Mm-hmm. She's not just disillusioned. She uh, is. She knows more about uh, what the what her options are and how the world mm-hmm. works. She's Although more forceful now, I do feel that she may be placing a little bit too much uh, trust on on her father and the, the Stark name. You know, she yeah. seems so one hundred percent. She's confident that everybody will stand up and fight for the for the Starks. And I I think that that might be a little bit of you know that's that's the one little last bastion of the little girl Sansa who mm. loved her father and thought he could do no wrong and all that kind of stuff and and that's that may be the last illusion that she's got that we're going to see be wiped away I do like that she owns like you know because of the well you know Jon Snow is not a Stark mm-hmm. they immediately look towards the the male leader as uh-huh. like who's he's going to be the one to to rally the troops so to speak whereas she's well I'm a Stark yep. you know yeah, she owns true. that and she's going to be the one who the people are going to rally around mm-hmm. yeah 
And uh, so in, in uh, we we got a second scene here too, which I'm going to bring forward because rather than doing this entirely chronologically, yeah. And 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 it replays some of these same themes. We need more men. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the part that I think you're. I what I like about this scene is that I don't know how to read it, and I think it, we will read it in hindsight one way or mm-hmm. another. So you can't choose. It's a it's that game of like. Some scenes you look at and you say, oh, well, I see what they're setting up. But the scene with her and the Onion Knight, I don't know because I don't know which way it's going to go. Where he says, well, these are obviously the case. And she says, how well do you know the North, Sir Davos? And the fact is he doesn't know the North, but I know men. Mm -hmm. And so this is the question, right? Who's right here? Is Davos right because he knows how these men operate when Mm -hmm. they're playing these these games uh, of war in, in, uh, in Westeros in general? Or is is Sansa right? Because she knows the North, and she knows these people, and she knows the bonds that the that the Starks forged with all of them. I don't know who mm-hmm. will ultimately be right there. Yeah, that's exciting to see that play out. My my gut, the way that it, it the scene played in front of me, I felt more. My gut wanted to believe Sir Davos, and that that Sansa was wrong, but that may just be because. Because I still feel like I see that little bit of her being overconfident, and anytime I see somebody being overconfident in Game of Thrones, right. it tends get to brought low at yeah. Some point. yeah. I like that. Uh, I like that the um, the Onion Knight didn't didn't seem to mansplain it as much as he could have. You <laughs> know, true. like listen, uh, I know a little bit about the men here, and I think this is what's going to happen. You sort of, you know, with with respect, Grace. You know, mm-hmm. but he sort yeah. of he realized that he did not know the North, oh. and I like how he sort of accepted his position. I love mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. He's so good. He is. He is one of my favorite. One yeah, of my he, favorite he, characters. He has honor, and he wants to serve, and he mm-hmm. wants to provide the force of his intellect to the people he thinks are going to do right. I think that there's going to be a moment. We talked about this last last week, two weeks ago. I guess I guess last week, Brian and uh, and Aline did it. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about this idea that um, he's going to find out that Melisander burned uh, Stannis's daughter, uh, and that's not huh? going to go well. No, I th- I, I, mm-hmm. I wonder if perhaps that will happen at a key moment, and with mm-hmm. what what will be the result? Will he uh, do something to her, or <laughs> will he be forced to use her, even mm. though he despises her? Yeah, which is very Game of Thrones. He is Mister Practicality. He 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 will do what needs to be be done as long as it's you know fitting with his 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 worldview and mm. a lot clearly can fit into his worldview if if it, if the time is right for it but but yeah that's uh it's like he's he's mr practical but he also has some pretty strong some pretty strong feelings about things and and their daughter was was definitely one of them yeah and i, f- I find that melisandre is sort of now fading into the background mm-hmm. a little bit um she's not even unique as uh as the as the red witch in this, in yeah, this, had, in this episode so it's almost like yep you are about to be replaced and i imagine that uh things are going to come to a head and perhaps we might see the last of her um mm. i thought great brienne scene here yes. where uh so so they're gonna go john and the and the wildlings are gonna go around <laughs> in the north it's kind of unclear but they're going to go from place to place and sort of sweep up the mm-hmm. smaller families and get them on the side of the starks and it's going to that's their plan it seems i i wasn't I, it was a little hazy on that but they all leave mm-hmm. they got to be going somewhere yeah. so okay but um and at what well, at the point where i thought the episode was going to end huh that didn't happen <laughs> um but uh so brienne counsels with sansa and San- sansa's decided to send uh, Brienne to River Run to find her uncle, the Blackfish, and Brienne's reluctant to leave. Right, and mm-hmm. and and Brienne 
breaks it down, right? She's like, I don't trust Davos and the Red Woman because of Stannis, which, you mm-hmm. know, we know more about who's who was being loyal and, right. and, and honorable and who was being loyal while doing horrible things. And, <laughs> and and so we're obviously in the in the in the tank for the onion night there. But she also says that John is fine, broody perhaps, <laughs> but then again, considering what he's been through, understandable. Und- yep. Yeah, that was that was I think the most meta moment of this entire episode. Like she was clearly speaking for us as the audience and i was i was right there with her Mm -hmm. um and the last thing we see is uh is he tells uh he uh, john asks uh dolorous ed uh to to uh what to do uh no no john doesn't uh somebody asked dolorous ed what to do and and calls him lord commander and he goes i'm not the lord commander and he's like oh (laughs) and his final command before the final scene which we'll get to at the end of this podcast close the bloody gate Huh. Doors are closing. Doors are closing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I would never, ever have guessed that 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 dude would have ended up in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's he's like the weaselly little guy. (laughs) Just, but, but... I'm I'm great with it. I love it. Yeah. I just I, that's something I never saw coming. Westeros's best is not in the Night's Watch. <laughs> no, that's no. true. He's never, the Gerald Ford of the Night's yeah. Watch at this point. Now I think it's, it's a it's a poor poor group in mm-hmm. general. Um, over in Bravos, mm-hmm. where they got those neat coin that neat coin bank. I love the yes. coin bank. <laughs> they should, that should be merchandised. Quite yeah. frankly, there should be a coin bank, a Bravos <laughs> coin bank. Um, the we get we get a long scene of stick fighting with uh, mm-hmm. with Arya and her. Her stick fighting teacher slash nemesis. nemesis. Mm-hmm. I I have to admit, kind of a little bored with the stick fighting yep. now. You know what? I well, I'm just I have not looked forward to any Arya scenes for a very very long time. This was the first time that I enjoyed it for a while, and I think that's just because she was getting her butt kicked with the stick fighting. Um, I I did love how her nemesis just drops the stick and then just hands her her butt uh, without just do- dodging out of the way. And then after that, I was bored again. Usually I hate fight scenes, but that was an interesting to me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she's getting anywhere, which I imagine is the point. But, you know, at some point, the Rocky music or the, uh, you know, <laughs> the survivor eye of the tiger is going to kick in and Arya is going to get through and land a couple blows or perhaps win a fight. Maybe, maybe not. This maybe show not. doesn't always yeah. uh, come up with our expectations. And she's given an assignment. So I sort of believe, like, maybe the idea is that this woman that she's been fighting is a fighting master. And what mm-hmm. they want to see out of her was that she'll just keep fighting them and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know how the the faceless men do their training. I don't know if there's a textbook. But uh, what I will say is uh, they give her an assignment and they also say something interesting, which is, um, you know, we don't have lords and ladies here. Mm-hmm. And so you are different. And he expresses some skepticism. And then he sends her on an assignment to kill an actress who is participating in a... In a uh, a Shakespeare-like play full of rhymed couplets and things like that mm-hmm. that is telling the story of the first season of Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah. which, I don't know, I think this might win for the most meta moment okay. of the entire That's episode. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, all right. You might, be, you might be right there. Yeah. Ned Stark is a dummy, <laughs> a yokel from the North who mm-hmm. comes and has designs. It's, you know, it's from the press release, has designs on the throne. Um I I feel like whole dissertations could be written about that scene because of <laughs> sure. there's so many little elements in it mm-hmm. that are about like what we know is real, what they want you to think, what mm-hmm. they just got wrong, what mm-hmm. they simplified in order to put it in this stage production. Mm-hmm. I, I want to watch it again several times to get mm-hmm. all of it out of it because there's so much in there, including Joffrey not being responsible for 
killing Ned Stark because it's like uh, he he st- saves him too late. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, that didn't happen. No, <laughs> no, yeah. not history at all. rewriting itself. It's interesting to see what you know what the public perception of what went down mm-hmm. in King's Landing in that and se- season one around. Westeros and Essos, I guess. Well, this is Essos, yeah. right? So it's even worse. It's yeah. like the the like next continent over's perception of what those hicks out in <laughs> yeah. Westeros are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and Richard E. Grant was in there somewhere. Was he the huh. king? Because I think he, he was the king. Yeah, you could see him mm-hmm. taking off his makeup and uh-huh. uh, in and long shot in another scene. I thought, oh, that's Richard E. Grant. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting too that Arya is just she's still not good at her job. Not only can she yeah. not fight her nemesis, but she's there in this crowd of people who are all laughing. I think the idea as an assassin is you're supposed to fit in with the people, so you blend. She's yeah. not blending at all. She's standing there like she's getting more and more upset as this is she's, going she's on. She's still clearly affected. Yep. This has got to be a setup though right i mean they're setting they, mm-hmm. i mean the guy sent her to watch a play of her own family it's a test and her father getting yeah. killed so it's yet another again mm-hmm. i don't know how it works but this <laughs> seems like it's another uh, another test for her where she has to kind of get through the fact that her past is mm-hmm. in display in front of her i was thinking i didn't know which of the actors or actresses was the one that she was sent there to kill uh, at first i assumed that it was the the cersei one and then later there's a the Sansa analog who comes on and I was like, oh, maybe it's that she's supposed to kill this person who is playing her sister and they're testing her to see if she can actually go through with it. And she'll, you know, before she kills her, she'll become sort of, some sort of a, a nice character and, and it'll be hard for her. But no, it's it's the other lady that I thought it was in the first place. Right. And she still uh, sort of displays some skepticism about whether or not she deserve this woman deserves to die. And and it's like really if you're you're you've signed on yeah. you're still asking questions. A servant like that? does not ask. Mm-hmm. Also, Cersei Lannister's on her list, so this is almost like killing Cersei. <laughs> exactly. That's right. So why not? I, I wanted to mention I, we're getting meta in this episode, but I think mm-hmm. that there's some definite. Okay, I it's hard, and this was written by the the showrunners mm-hmm. this episode. I it's hard not to think about Sansa's dialogue earlier in this episode and think that this is. A response to people's horror at how her wedding night was depicted, right? That yes. this is saying, no, now she's going to call it what it was mm-hmm. and go into the details of it. Uh, at the same time, with this, um, with this scene, I, I do wonder if. Well, I'm kind of I'm losing the plot here. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's about it's about their storytelling. It's about what we're led to believe. It's about her list and. It's about her letting go of the fact that this is her story. Can she? I mean, it is her story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it, it's it's there. There are a lot of twists and turns yes. in this episode where they seem to be di- directly addressing all of these mm-hmm. issues about the story of Game of Thrones and how people react to it. And not even just the story. Like we get some obvious blatant nudity in this on stage thing that's, and then right afterwards that, that's I, and that's where i was going and mm-hmm. uh, and i lost it because i was i was getting so <laughs> metafictional that i lost what i was saying is surely the fact that we get full frontal male, male nudity yep. is yep. meant i'm not sure it suffices but it is meant to address <laughs> one of the complaints which is we see a lot of breasts mm-hmm. we don't see a lot from mm-hmm. the men yep mm-hmm. and so we get an actor mm-hmm. looking at his penis and saying i think i got a ward on here yeah. <laughs> perhaps two wards yep and literally that's the first thing we see in the scene i know yeah, it's, it's like penis. Penis. yes yeah from like a, sh- a low angle shot uh, like oh, right it, up it was very just, artistically like, done yeah of it, was, it was very strange yeah mm-hmm 
It's got to be, right? It's yeah. got to be part of their thought process of, all oh, right, well, we'll show you some of that. Okay, we could do that. Especially coming right after the, the metafictional scene where we've, we're, we're addressing the whole first season and we, we and we see fake Sansa's boobs just, you know, for no good reason except to make the, you know, titillate the audience. Yeah. Yeah. It is very and meta. And us yeah. as the audience, too. It's <laughs> yes. So wow. many layers. So many. Is it okay to be titillated by meta, by meta boobs or by real <laughs> boobs? That's the question the audience mm-hmm. has to ask themselves after this. Did yeah. the writers write this episode shirtless? That's what I <laughs> that too. really asked. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I thought that was all amazing in, in mm-hmm. its... I was just like, wow, okay. It just wow. Yep. I could not believe that they that they that they did it and you've got the fake fake uh, King Robert with his fake uh, guts, guts spilling out because <laughs> yep. he got yep. gored by the fake uh, the wooden uh, mm-hmm. boar. And they had Foley, mm-hmm. you know, farting sounds coming from off stage. <laughs> this was quite a production. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I was, and I was impressed with the with the rhyming and everything. They made an effort to make it feel like a real mm-hmm. Shakespearean like thing where mm-hmm. every you know, every line rhymes and there's some there's some simple rhymes and there's some complex rhymes going on and i thought you know you know yeah. it was yep. they obviously put a lot of heart into it, it it's not often we've seen the culture of you know of, mm-hmm. of game of thrones it's always like you know the whorehouses and right. the death and everything else but i guess people actually go and enjoy themselves uh-huh. in the books there's some bear baiting and some oh, stuff boy. but that's right. about it mm-hmm. yeah. so, <laughs> so they go to see plays you know look at it mm-hmm. a slice of life in essos anyway in bravo so. yeah, that's, that's true, true. yeah mm-hmm. um all right, let's uh, let's go to. I'm going to skip that part for now. Let's go to uh, Pike, the land of the Ironborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to relay something my wife said while we were watching this uh, when this seed finished, which is basically like, oh, that's like 300 pages in the books, <laughs> and it's so true. I, in Dance with Dragons, the King's Moot stuff goes on seemingly forever, and. I don't like it, and I found it really boring. And I didn't love this scene because I felt like it went on a long time. Mm-hmm. But at least I felt like they're going to do it in one scene. I'm never <laughs> going to have to see it again. So I was happy about that. That there's the this is how the the Iron People mm-hmm. pick a king, which is they all give speeches, <laughs> and eventually they go yay, and that's and, what happens. And then drown someone who they deem they mm-hmm. deem probably the best option, and see if he survives. Yeah, that's well, that's interesting. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. I I gave up on the books long before this, but uh, every single person I have heard talk about the whole moot thing has said exactly that same thing that it just took forever and it was boring and it was not good. Why are we here? Yeah. So so I'm I too just. Second hand, yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. that it was all in one scene. And you Even get if that, it did feel long. You get that nice moment where Theon basically gets to endorse his sister and say, oh, look, she's, yeah. she should be in charge. And, mm-hmm. and he gives a, as rousing a speech as he can. But of course, their uncle who killed their father <laughs> is just waiting to walk on. It's like you got to, the first mm-hmm. nominee is never going to be the winner. Yep. She thinks she's going to be, it's like a, in a horse race. The first horse is like, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. totally do this. Yeah. And then half the race yeah. later, it's like, I'm tired. I'm going to lay down now. Uh, yeah. And so, of course, her uncle walks mm-hmm. in. Uh, and uh, Euron Greyjoy and basically says, hey, I'm your guy. I'm going to build... It's going to be a a huge fleet. Exactly. That's exactly what I got. (laughs) Donald Trump walks in. Biggest fleet ever. Hillary Clinton. And the the White Walkers are going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And and, like literally cut down all the trees. We're going to build this fort. And then when she says, I'm going to build a fleet, he says, I'm going to build that fleet. Mm -hmm. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sail east and I'm going to, I'm going to find the mother of dragons and i'm gonna marry her uh, <laughs> and and we're gonna take all of her horse people because apparently news travels mm-hmm. fast about what's going on uh-huh. halfway around the world uh, and we're gonna bring them back over here and we're gonna conquer westeros together huh hey yeah. how about that and they're like all right yes yes sir <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bravo <laughs> yeah. sir yes 
Yeah, what a what a plan. And I mean, I I seem <laughs> I've I've read a lot of books about ships and shipbuilding. I I kind of thought that you have to cut down trees and let the timber like you know age or or something. It has to sit for a few years before you can start Maybe using the it to build God, ships. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. You're on Greyjoy's world. You okay. can, you can just cut it down. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. Gonna, I did. Yeah. I did. I was very impressed, actually, by the, the sh- you know, we're done with the boring moot stuff, and, and he dies and comes back to life and all that. But the shot then, where they're like, you know, let's go kill my niece and nephew. Oh, that was a terrible line. And then let's they get to murder the, them. Murder yeah. them, yes. Then, to we get the to, murder. then we get to the top of the hill and see all these boats just, sh- like, f- shipping away. Yeah. I was like, wow. I was, I was impressed. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I thought they were going to get away like on her ship, and she's she's obviously mm-hmm. got people who are loyal. You see it at the King's yep. Moot. She's she's the one who's basically been like the naval commander for them all this time, while the uncle has been across the sea. He comes back with his wild ideas, and and she's got people who are loyal. So she's like, let's mm-hmm. let's get out of here. I just didn't realize it was that many people. It was a lot. So that's yeah, imp- that's they very took, impressive. They took all their best ships. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's like screw you guys. No, no, no! Our ships aren't good enough. We're going to take the good ships yep. and leave them the crappy ships. Mm-hmm. Although, like they could tell from that distance that it was all the good ships. Like the, the, none of the bad ones you are know, there. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. the, the the most recent of its Constitution class. You can tell by the yeah the, you the shape of the sails. Tell by the shape yeah. of the mm-hmm. warp nacelles or of course sails. I'm, yeah, sails. I, I'm a little curious about where they're going to go. That's a lot of people. But I suppose if you're bringing ships in, you can probably find a, a port to to take you in and be like, "We bring you all of this naval power." Yeah, right. Do they Feed go? Us. Do they go over to the north where yeah. jo- mm. where John is kicking around? Do they mm. go east? I'm ex- I'm excited to find out. Yeah. yeah, I like how I mean with sort of John, you know, standing behind Sansa and sort of like you know what? Yeah, she is a Stark name. She can sort of unite. Uh, the families of the north and how Theon is sort of saying, you know what? Yeah, you know, my sister is the rightful it was leader. A good episode for the ladies. It really oh, was yeah. scene mm-hmm. by scene by scene. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think as you said, Jason, I think I think it's the showrunners listening to the criticisms that happened last year and saying, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Let's try and address some of these things uh, as best Possibly. we can. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me not to think of it that way because yep. it seems like they were. It's almost like going down a checklist of of <laughs> complaints people have had about how Game of Thrones has gone. Also, one of our complaints, I think, all along has been that this question of like, is there enough forward momentum, or are we kind of playing stall ball with some of the stories? And I don't know. This this episode continues the trend. We're halfway through now of feeling like every episode has forward progress. That yeah. they know where they're going and they actually want to get there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even even tying in, like I was wondering where these scenes with the uh, you know at the pike were going because it just felt like they were detached from everything else. But it's when when the uncle, um, what's his name, Euron, 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 Euron says that I'm going to go and get you know uh, get Daenerys, yeah, go, yeah mm-hmm. Daenerys. That sort of like all of a sudden ties them back mm-hmm. into the real world, and so that gives him like a thrust and uh, and a reason to sort of be in the in the story as well. I'm totally going to marry her and get her dragons. Yeah. Ugh. Good luck with that, dude. Yep. <laughs> wow, she, she she can do so much better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, speaking of Daenerys. Mm-hmm. She's we get we get a brief scene with her, mm-hmm. but it was and, a good one. And Jorah and mm-hmm. her boyfriend, boy toy, who I can never, boy toy. I can never remember his name, but I don't care because I don't <laughs> care about that. And that's uh, I like the first actor to play him better. Anyway, the uh, this is Jorah basically saying mm-hmm. she's like, hey, you saved me. That's great, but I also told you to go away, so you disobeyed mm-hmm. me, and that's bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, mm-hmm. I'm going. I got grayscale. I'm <laughs> going to go, and I will kill myself before it's too late. 
And uh, that's a kind of a neat moment. She's like, no, no, no. You're still under my command. I command you to find a cure for the grayscale so you can be with me when I, I take mm-hmm. Westeros. And it's sweet. It's sweet, right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to find a way out. And he does love her. He admits he loves her. Yes. And she's like, all right, we're going to, you know, go. Don't die. He's another of my favorite characters. And it's just because I just... I, Ian Glenn. A, yes, I am such a <laughs> sucker for for Ian Glenn. He he just yeah, I think I have a little crush on him. Um, and he, when he says that goodbye, I'll, I'll I'll kill myself before the mm-hmm. end. Goodbye, Khaleesi. Ooh, and it's like oh, it just got okay. Me. And then they have the nice close up on her, and she like she's starting to cry. She's got tears in her eyes a little bit. I was I was so touched by this scene. It it pushed all of my buttons, and it it, it was wonderful. So I was I was happy to see her reaction to his declaration of love as not. She didn't look disappointed. She didn't look uncomfortable. She didn't look overjoyed or happy or anything about that either. But, mm-hmm. but I think she she respected him for saying mm-hmm. that yeah. and and appreciates everything that he's done. And yeah, I don't know that I necessarily want to see those two crazy kids get together. No. But I do <laughs> want to see him not die of grayscale. And I pointed out we we know that um, that the princess mm-hmm. did not die of grayscale. Right. She was horribly disfigured by it, but, right. you know, he's a fighter. What does he care what his arm looks like? Exactly. And and who was it that uh, that cured? Was it just sort of doctors or scientists or something that cured uh, yeah, they, daughter? They, well, I know they tried a lot, 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 lot of things. I can't mm. remember what it was when it came down to it. Uh, well, um, this is the uh, what the what the uh, Game of Thrones wiki says is... Um, Normally considered a death sentence, Stannis refused to give up on her and called in every healer he could find from both sides of the narrow sea to try and cure her. And through the combination of their efforts, they managed to succeed, though the left side of her face was left permanently scarred. So it's possible mm-hmm. that Jorah can take a, you know, a little mm-hmm. quest here, a little side quest, and mm-hmm. meet with a bunch of healers in a bunch of places, and maybe he ends up halting the spread um, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him for a while, uh, yeah. and then he comes back, kind of like partially scarred at mm-hmm. a at an important moment, and says, "I'm back." Yeah, and saves saves the Khaleesi from yeah. from yeah. certain doom once again. He does kind of ride off in the sunset, like a that's his know, style. <laughs> like he does that a lot, in, in a, like in a western or a spaghetti western uh-huh. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, I really love the um, I love some of the locations this year too. That mm-hmm. that the. That stuff is there's the all the rocks and stuff are, are uh, really beautiful mm-hmm. out yes. there, and this little Spain it reminded me. Some of this reminded me of I don't know if this if they shot part of Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade in Spain, but it reminded me of those kind of rocks and stuff that are in that movie. Hmm. Where did they shoot? When they're this? going, yeah. I, know, I don't know. It I don't sounds know. mildly familiar. Mm-hmm. But those are enough, the same know. rocky terrain. It's really it's, yeah. it looks actually it looks a lot like the same kind of formations that they have at the Vasquez Rocks in Southern California, which are like where Captain Kirk fought various <laughs> aliens. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. but this is in Spain. It's Spain's version of that, and mm-hmm. so it's where Game of Thrones things happen instead. Right, where Spaghetti Star Trek was perhaps mm, shot. Possibly. <laughs> by. Well, it's Spain, not Italy, mm-hmm. so it would be like Tapas Star Trek. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, back in Marine, so not too mm-hmm. far from Daenerys, uh, we we get told a time scale, which sometimes is a question here. It's been a fortnight since we last checked in on them, uh, and the, it, things are restful, mm-hmm. although they say that's not good enough. They need more. They need to spread mm-hmm. the word that Daenerys is on this, and she's she needs to take credit, but she's not there. So what mm-hmm. do they do? They call in a red priestess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. There's apparently lots of them just kicking around. I you guess know? I just it, it's 
up until now, we haven't heard about any red priestesses or the Lord of Light much in Marine or right. any of these mm-hmm. these local places. Well, they're from Essos. They're from way out yeah. there beyond. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, from like a shy or something. So they're it's not like they're not from nearby. But mm-hmm. we haven't right. They haven't really been. I'm just wondering why they think that this is going to to hold a lot of weight with the people of Marine. Maybe if, the Red God is who they is that who they worship. Maybe that's who they worship. I, it's possible, I guess. Maybe that wasn't seeded as well as I would have liked. In if that if that's the case, it certainly wasn't seeded well enough um, for me, at least in the show. But I just I, I and and they do point out that uh, that uh, um, Khaleesi Daenerys uh-huh. uh, has a lot of people that follow her from many different faiths. That's true. So the idea that they're going the religion route to convince people that she is the 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 one to lead them, I don't know. That just always seems risky to me because you risk alienating all the other religion cultures our our wiki says it's the majority religion in several of the free cities so it may actually be okay i don't know about the slave cities but it's possible Mm -hmm. that that it's very popular there too since all right well i i did appreciate the showdown between between her and and varus though that was so she says something that's tantalizing anybody who's watched babylon 5 probably Mm -hmm. thought of this she says you will need them in this war and the great war still to come. Yep. Yeah. I had that prophecy. Thought. I, I, I picked up on that one too. As was yeah. prophesied earlier. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yep. yes. Okay. Great war to come. Hint. Yep. Yep. That was that was kind of fun because like you guys mm-hmm. think that this is this is not it. No. There's that this other is, one. This is a prequel war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the bigger one is coming. So I like that. And then yeah, the Vera scene is creepy because she's like she's like, uh, do you remember? Uh, when basically when your 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 stuff got cut off and mm-hmm. thrown into a fire as an offering by that sorcerer, and you heard a voice saying something from the flames, what should I tell you what the voice said and who said it? And he's like, <gasps> like that creepy. That. that disappointed me a little bit because up until now, Varys has been a pretty savvy guy, and and I mean maybe part of this is me laying my own experience with the other priestess on top of it but Varys knows a lot about what was happening with her too we she did a bunch of stuff she had a lot of power that that manifested itself in the real world that was clear you know they were able to cure to to kill Renly and and you know she she got stuff done we'll put it that way so the fact that this woman is able to know something that he heard from a long time ago doesn't that shouldn't be I don't feel like that that's very impressive considering all of the other things that we saw Melisandre do and she was still wrong. I think it's the implication that when the sorcerer threw his stuff in the fire and heard, and he heard this voice that that she knows the truth of mm-hmm. his life and why he's been brought to this point mm-hmm. and that the, that that was something to do with the fate or the red god or something like that and that she shouldn't know that at no, all that, that he never told happened. anyone so how could you be so, reading his so, mind because, yeah so she's going to his root like his origin mm-hmm. story see and to yeah. me i feel like that's that's a, a parlor trick that's just mm-hmm. more lord of light magic that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, just, yeah, I don't think it needs to you're mean that much. You're a skeptic about the Lord of Light. I am very <laughs> just like, skeptical. Just yeah. like Ferris. Just because, yeah, just because the Lord of Light grants power doesn't mean they, you know, doesn't mean mm. they're right about what they're doing with it. That's, which he points out, and I wish he would have stuck to his guns better. I, but she knows exactly what to say to throw him yeah. off guard. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. I, I believe that he was thrown off guard yes. in that moment because yeah. of all the things to say, it's like, yeah, you you uh, he you remember being paralyzed and having your stuff thrown in the fire, and you heard a voice. 
Would you like to know what that voice said? Yeah. I mean, oh my God, right? Yeah. That would be that was a shocker. Yeah, it's the second you know great male manipulator in this episode after after Littlefinger to be left speechless by a woman. Oh yeah. That's you know? true. Yeah. That's true. I guess it's just because I've been I've been cheering for Varys pretty much since moment one. So it was difficult for me to watch one of my favorites get get you know hung low a little bit. I there. know, but perhaps that's why we needed it too because we've yeah. all been kind of cheering for Varys. So so we need to sort of ha- we need to be convinced by this by this new witch as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's important for him to have I'm, to be convinced. Yeah, you know? you're right. I'm still not convinced, but I I see your point. <laughs> a recurring theme certainly this season on this podcast also is Monty and I talked about this a while ago is um because it's a fantasy story because it's a fantasy world i don't know what um i don't know what all the religions are mm-hmm. and i don't know whether to believe any of them or not because anything could be true any of them could be the real the real god behind this or there could be none uh we don't we don't know and and it's fascinating when you look at we've got the red god stuff here we've got the uh the faceless uh the many-faced god for the faceless men yep. we've got the old gods in the north who are basically the children of the forest so far as i can tell mm-hmm. and of course then we've got the high sparrow in king's landing and the seven. with his, with mm-hmm. his seven god uh, mm-hmm. seven-faced god basically um and it's just it's a fascinating ongoing mm-hmm. bit of uh, of uh, hard to read where you know where does the religion get called into play, mm-hmm. and and it continues now with this or, uh, segment. Or are all of those gods just having their own sort of Game of Thrones going on mm. on another <laughs> level, and they're playing their oh. own? And you know the characters that we have come to love are simply the chess pieces on the boards of those other powers oh, that are beyond us. And that's the great war to come, perhaps. <laughs> Well, it is. We do have the ice and fire coming together. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that that brings us to the big thing, which includes some thoughts about where the White Walkers come from, right? So, Bran, yeah. Bran uh, at the tree, and uh, he's having more visions. But this is a vision of the children of the forest, which takes a guy at the tree and sticks like a rock into his chest, and he screams, and his eyes turn blue, and he turns into a White Walker. And the children reveal, "We were at war with humans, and we created the White Walkers to stop you." Yeah, is this like a nuclear weapons sort of a, an analogy? <laughs> like we created something so powerful, it's, it's going to kill us all. I'd like to know why they were at war with the humans. Way back when, too. Well, humans were coming in and cutting down all of their trees. And oh, say, right. You yeah, know yeah. what humans do. That's we move yeah. in and we take over. The fir- yeah, the first men came mm-hmm. to the came to Westeros, mm-hmm. and the children of the forest lived there, and they came in and they ruined everything. And to mm-hmm. burn down the build to, to make boats, apparently. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and buildings and boats and mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. things that they ruined everything. So they created this weapon, which now is basically seeking to destroy everything mm-hmm. uh, which is a nice spin that's like origin of the white walkers now we know it, yeah. the children of the forest created them as a weapon and i it, you know it looked like a rock or something i wondered if it was dragon glass uh, oh. a shard oh, of dragon glass yeah. that they were that yeah, they shoved dark. into him because because we know that the dragon glass is the only thing that they can you know shatter them or, or kill them so i wonder if that's because that's at the heart of their power somehow yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that was an interesting uh, thing we learned we also learned brand brand's flashbacks in here were weird too because he was basically like dwelling in that same thing he went back to that comfortable moment when his father is a, a boy and his grandfather mm-hmm. is giving him advice and they're learning to fight and things like that and he kind of gets lost there um but then later we see him and he throws like a rock at the at the the three-eyed raven the tree man mm-hmm. because uh he wants to he wants to go back there again or go somewhere mm-hmm. he grabs a bone mm-hmm. and uh flashes or a and, root 
Or yeah. was it a root? I think it was a tree, think it was a tree, root. tree root. Okay, yeah. it looks like a bone to me, mm-hmm. but but okay, mm-hmm. a tree root. It's all bones now. With <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about those skeletons in the previously trailer too. They mm-hmm. come back too. Um, and uh, he flashes, and he's in the snow, and the army of the dead is all around him, and he wa- and the night king is behind them, and mm-hmm. he walks up, and the night king grabs his hand, Duh. and he goes, "God!" And he's and that's he's in the snow at that same place at where the they tree. created the very first. White Walker. Yeah, that's right true. Right in front of it. Yeah, so. it's the same Place tree. Place power, perhaps. And they're all standing around that. So is it's that almost the like tree the... that they're in too? Is that the same tree? It might be. It's not on this. It, it didn't in in the memories. It's not on the hill the same way it is right. in. Yeah. His or is it the time tree like outside of uh, outside of um, where they grew up? In winter, I don't think so because no. I would assume it's above. It's north of the it's wall. North of the wall, and, yeah, possibly. I think it'd be could north be. of the wall. But it's almost like the White Walkers and the Whites like worship that as like you know ground zero, their creation. Point, yeah, because they're all just sort of standing around, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. kind of just. And there's all those stones, standing stones around it mm-hmm. as well. So by the Night King grabbing Bran, they've he's basically made a. I, I read a it, made a mental link with him, mm-hmm. and so he can come in the cave now. It's like inviting a vampire in, and <laughs> exactly. and, and Max von Sydow basically says he. He will come. Your, his mark is on you. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, your, you know, your, your training isn't over, but it doesn't matter. You got to get out of here now. And um, I love the moment of realization where it's uh, the girl whose name I have, have forgotten, um, but she's talking to Hodor, and they're ta- you know talking about eggs and bacon. I want an egg. And, yeah. Yes, and rashers of bacon. And suddenly, and it took me a moment to notice it too. But suddenly, they can see their breath, yeah. and it's getting brighter and brighter. And she re- realizes it, and then you know goes running to take a look. I was like, that's that was a, that was a nice way to do it, rather than having something more overt. Right. So she runs out the front door. They've already said they're going to be able to get in there. Uh, the army of the dead is there. The White Walkers are there. Um, the children of the forest say, get Bran and run. And they have these cool, like, little rocks that are like grenades yeah. that they remi- throw. And it reminded me of nothing rocks. so much as the uh, the little blue glowing balls from the Phantom Menace <laughs> that uh, yeah. deactivated. Oh, the, uh... It deactivates the little destroyer droids, you mean? Yeah, yes. yeah. The droidicas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Little rock grenades I wrote mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. In another Star Wars connection that I noticed anyway, when the uh, when the White Walker like slices Max von Sydow, mm-hmm. Uh, it's the exact same way and exact same location where uh, Kylo Ren, spoilers for Star Wars, uh, uh, <laughs> slices, somebody... slices Box Ben, Max Fonsito, the same actor. Oh, yeah, at yeah. At the very beginning of the film. That's was, true. Yeah. And, he, and he kind of explodes in the vision, which mm-hmm. was, I thought, Into almost like little raven feathers or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like to, you know, uh, when he says, oh, you have, you have to go alone now. Uh, the three-eyed raven says to Bran, he says, you know, and Bran says, do you think I, oh, you think I'm ready? No. No. <laughs> you know, but you have to do it. But you have to have to do it. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on the run. And and this was, I just, this is so late in the episode, I really thought we were done. And instead you get this huge action sequence with zombies. They're they're coming through the ceiling of the, basically of the cave, which is from the ba- ba- base of the tree. They're coming down the tunnel. Um, one of the children... Uh, decides to stop the children who's been the, the, the child of the child. forest. Yeah, yeah, who's been has been talking to them all this time. She turns around and and basically says, "You you go and I'll hold this. I'll sacrifice mm-hmm. myself." And she has one last fire rock, which she detonates, which slows them down briefly. Mm-hmm. They get to a door, um, and they need to and they need to get through. And this was interesting because he's warging into Hodor. Bran is, but he's also kind of dwelling in the past where he's seen Hodor and mm-hmm. Hodor is not mm-hmm. Hodor at that point. He's a guy named William who can speak in complete sentences. Yeah. yeah. And 
and and th- at that moment as they're going through the door i was like oh no mm-hmm. because it becomes it's like this is we are actually going to see the origin of hodor here <laughs> the origin yep. and the death story of and hodor. and they're connected i thought it was very doctor who actually yeah. mm-hmm. which you. is which is bran is connected to hodor in the past and in the present and they and they he has essentially been created for this moment which is to hold the door closed so that bran and whatever her name is <laughs> amira amira yes. can can escape and the and they the command is hold the door hold the door hold the door and it and he collapses in the past mm-hmm. and repeats hold the door until it just becomes hodor Ugh. and then we see him in the present holding the door closed as the zombies are trying to get out and they kill him mm-hmm. basically while he's still holding the door and trying to, pre- to prevent them from getting bran so was, sad. Oh my god! It and was. it was, the, and that was actually that was the, the third sacrifice. We had three sacrifices for them to get away because first we see Brand's uh, Brand's puppy dog. Oh, oh yeah, we. I, I didn't even mention the direwolf goes. Mm-hmm. We we're down to two direwolves. We, we keep now. losing direwolves this season. <laughs> it's the war. You know, it's a stronger season for women, but the direwolf agenda in this uh, in this season six mm-hmm. is really down because we didn't lose one like two weeks ago. Yeah, Shaggy Dog. Of, yeah, and we didn't shaggy get. To, we didn't see Shaggy Dog. There are Shaggy Dog truthers out there who say that that we don't know that that was really oh. shaggy dog. Oh, so that's, that's like a fake shaggy dog just like Theon uh, burned two farm children. There are, there are shaggy dog uh. truthers who also believe that, that the whole Karstark thing and we, and we got with with uh with uh Sansa, she suggested that yeah I you know I know the Karstarks are mad because Ned beheaded mm-hmm. or, or Rob beheaded one of them, mm-hmm. but you know it's more complicated than that. The the Shaggy Dog truthers also <laughs> believe that it's possible that that's a setup. I that, thought that too. that the Karstarks mm-hmm. bringing Rickon there mm-hmm. and uh, and what's her name the Wildling who who tried mm-hmm. to kill. Uh, Mm-hmm. What's his name? Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. How mm-hmm. soon we forget? He wasn't mm-hmm. in this episode. That was great. Yeah, I was glad not to see him. <laughs> yes, that 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 was actually kind of to get in close with them as a ploy, mm-hmm. and that they may actually turn on the Boltons. I had so that. Th- I had those that are the Shaggy well. Dog. Yeah. So I'm. I, I think I'm with the the Shaggy Dog Truthers. All right. Shaggy Dog Truthers out there. Shaggy I'm, Dog lives. I am your people. I am one of. I'm one of you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that was. So so seeing that, and then seeing you know this this child of the earth whom I. So summer, had seen pour one times. out for summer. The dire wolf, summer, seemingly yes. killed by zombies. Yeah, <laughs> sniffles. So then Very that, much. and then, and then, just the you know the timey wiminess of of Hodor and the. I felt like the music in this episode, I usually don't notice music, was excellent. It was epic. It was yeah. very... Well, it was epic when it needed to be epic. It was poignant when it needed to be poignant. It was subtle when it needed to be subtle. It was very all end. the way through. Mm-hmm. And then at the and then at the end, you get just that, that gruesome scene with Hodor holding the door. And I thought it was very elegantly directed cutting back and forth to young Hodor and yeah. old Hodor and, and Mira running away with Bran. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, my heart hurts so bad at the end. And then you have almost no music over the closing credits. And we all just is... sat in the dark being sad yes. for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, a character who literally only spoke one word repeatedly, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. just a, this is sort of big oaf. And, you know, his death might be the most affecting of the series for some them. time. Mm-hmm. He's I mean, his, completely it, innocent. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was almost one of those situations where you know when you're you're creating a TV show or some piece of art and you're you're constrained by by what you're told by the network or by your budget or whatever, and you have to be extra creative in order to make it make it work. Here's this actor who's given a part who gets exactly one word to say over and over again, and I feel like he stepped up everything else to make his performance perfect every time because it was so evocative. I mean, 
mean, even even earlier on in this episode, before I twigged to where <laughs> where things were going and what was about to happen, I was realizing how many like shadings and, and gradations and flavors of of emotion he gets across using just that one word. You know exactly what mm-hmm. he's thinking. You know exactly what he means. And I was just I was thinking to myself, wow, he is just turning in such a stellar performance here. I love this guy so much. And then like. You know, a couple minutes later, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. no, he's a DJ, I believe he is really? in, in yeah. his in his in his real life, like a like a radio DJ or like, no, like a, a spinning discs, no, like playing like music, a club, like a club DJ. Nice. Yeah. Hodor. From DJ Hodor. Icelander, Norway, I think he is. I think he's cool. uh, he uh, he was a much better Smurf than the Smurfs were. I just emoting with one word yeah. all mm-hmm. the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I guess. Yeah. So where do Bran and, and Mira run off to after that? Like it's, it's like the back door to this. Uh, to tr- the tree. <laughs> the tree. I didn't even know tree had, trees had doors. Yeah. Alone back they door. had a huge yep. tunnel, I guess, that I didn't mm-hmm. even know about. Yeah. Well, it's been there a long time. Yeah. You got to yeah. have escape tunnels. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they're already across uh, the wall. They're already they're north, north of the, of the wall. wall. Yep. So yeah. they're running off somewhere in the distance, I guess. Well, one would hope that perhaps they're headed south and that we're going to mm-hmm. see them meet up with other people and after a few episodes because Bran has this power now. He does have that, right? He has this mm-hmm. ability to not only uh, put his, himself in other people and creatures, but to see the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder I wonder also, given how Max von Sydow kept warning him of spending too much time in the past, we're going to get a little uh, a little bit where, where um, Mira has to beat him around a little bit to get him <laughs> to stop just dwelling on the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do wonder if also that means in the coming weeks he'll solve some of the great mysteries of the show because he's ah. curious about it. That's the beauty of this is like they've toyed around with, we, we will see the rest of the story of the tower, right? Yes. Where, where Ned is going up the stairs and there's a sound mm-hmm. of, a, of, of, a, of crying coming from that tower after that big sword fight. Mm-hmm. There's no way we're not going to see the rest of that story. So mm-hmm. um, perhaps at a very opportune time, for uh for brand to pop up somewhere else so yeah i think that that last scene was very elegantly done because if it hadn't played out that way if you hadn't had brand still connected with the past and connected with hodor and all of that stuff happening as he was being dragged away from the tree my original thought was that the reason brand was able to to key into those things was simply because he was in contact with the roots of the tree he was in contact nah. with the three-eyed raven well, guy well that's the question and now, will he have access anymore now right. that the children are dead and but the he, tree is but he got overrun. away and he was still connected to that as he was being yeah. dragged away so I'm thinking that leaves the door door yeah. open for for that kind of connection <laughs> there which which I, yeah. I think is important because I mean, he's got to have I mean he mm-hmm. he's it's time you for you to be me exactly right? so he, it's yeah. not it can't just be tree power <laughs> he he's got the three, third eye three eye raven's power yep. he's got the children of the mm-hmm. forest's power of seeing for this battle that they all know is coming that we don't know a lot about but is presumably a battle with the white walkers so um so he's got to be you know he's got that power in some, he has to yes. in yeah, some force. form he has the he, force. He's, yeah. and and as yes and as uh, the three-eyed raven told him you won't be a man in a tree don't worry about that right which is one of my that may be my favorite line of the season still <laughs> is no no you won't be you won't be a man in a tree <laughs> yeah. 
You'll be a man strapped to a board being mm-hmm. carried uh, over the snow instead, yeah. I guess. Some There has to already out there be a uh, an Alice in Chains Man in the Box parody of Man in the Tree. <laughs> and if not, dream. somebody please write it and tweet it to me because I would like to hear that. I just like, apparently, you know, whoever holds that position uh, is is someone who is immobilized. I'm just wanting to go like, yeah. how was the person who Max von Sydow took over from? How was he immobilized? Interesting. Yeah. Was he like in a in a balloon? Um, Iron lung? Iron lung, perhaps. You know? so, but some Something, something limiting, amber. His, limiting yeah. the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe normally you have to be uh, trapped in the tree. But since Bran has his own inability to walk, he doesn't need to be in the tree. He's already got He's his constraint. Mm-hmm. A metaphorical tree, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, you just blew my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. But, I mean, Bran is clearly... I mean, I, I've got a list of things that I keep assuming, and there are no spoilers. This is all speculation that I, I assume mm-hmm. will happen in this story. I assume that John and Daenerys are the key characters. I assume that Tyrion is going to be important in uh, some of the politics going forward. Mm-hmm. And I assume that Bran is going to bring a very important element down the road involving knowledge and perhaps involving the fact that he can go inside other creatures. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, they said the Three-Eyed Raven said he will fly. But he'll never he'll never walk again. But he'll fly, which makes me keep thinking that ultimately Bran is going to be strapped on the back of a dragon oh. and pilot a dragon because he can be inside the dragon, right? Oh my god! Never wow. thought about right? that. Oh, blown. Now you've but, yeah. So I don't know, mind. but I don't know. That's just mm-hmm. my theory. But since he can control creatures, and mm-hmm. the the three eyed raven said that he would fly, uh, perhaps like that that's perhaps uh, Bran is part of this final battle equation too. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's my theory. Now I'm going to be slightly disappointed. It's just a wild I'm theory. Very disappointed if that doesn't happen. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I I look forward to selling my fan art on Etsy of uh, Bran riding a dragon. Mm-hmm. So if I can get that embroidered on a pillow, I am on <laughs> right, board. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. On the back side, it says, "You will not no, be a man in a tree." tree. <laughs> yeah. Anything else about this episode that we haven't covered that you would like to talk about? It it, it feels like this season. I mean, we I've never read the books. You read you gave up a, a while ago. It does feel like this this season that isn't beholden to the pace of the books really is sort of really kind of moving things along. Yeah. at a lot quicker pace than the previous years. And I am I am I have been to some extent or another all season long. But after this episode, extra glad that I did not give up last season when I was tempted to those couple of times because it was the Sansa thing and then the way that they they killed off that wildling woman with completely gendered reasons for, for her dying stupidly so I was I was just wanting to right. to leave and then I get this episode the mother which, in the hard home battle right? yes exactly because yeah. she can't she just can't bear to kill the little zombie kids yeah what ever yeah. <laughs> right uh, yeah but then here we get and I'm not saying this makes up for it but the the story has has turned around and i mean it was last season was such a drag all the way along Uh because that's you know how you tell a story things need to get dark Mm -hmm. before they get bright and i do appreciate that things are moving faster and you know maybe they're still not going to turn out super great for all of our characters but it seems like things are at least looking up yeah i feel like there's hope yeah that that hug between between sansa and john uh snow seems like was like Uh one of the first genuine positive moments in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, you felt like, I don't know how to feel about this yeah. right now. Actually, yeah. Sansa had a couple of them because her getting together with Brienne and finally accepting right. Brienne, yeah. you know, so so we had those moments. We have... And now her Brienne. telling off Littlefinger, too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's a great moment. So yeah, we're 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 building towards something. I, I think is is what I'm I'm feeling now. So I'm I'm very yeah. glad that I stuck with it, even if I did have to watch a puppy die and then see Hodor's oh. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
But that was as as awful as it was. I loved it because when it can when it, when it yeah. so there's a Game of Thrones review in a nutshell, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> as painful as it, it just, was, I it, loved it. it. It it pressed all the the oh my heart hurts in a good way sort of sort of buttons. It, I, I wasn't mad at his death because it, I thought it was it was elegant. Yeah. They, did yeah. it, they did it right. They did, and it meant something. And everyone yeah. seems to have to die in Game of Thrones. So if you got to go out. Go out like that's, that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the idea that he was tr- he was always fated to that moment. Yep. And they and they did it in a different way than some other genre shows would do, but still, it got the point across that everything that has happened to him in his life is because of the fact that at this moment he needs to save Bran by holding the door. And it's and and it's is it heroic? It is, and yet at the same mm-hmm. time, was he steered into it? You can argue that point, mm-hmm. but it's it's poetic and beautiful and sad and um what a way to end and you get the feeling that just those few scenes we had with him as a young boy that if he had been given the choice he would he would have done it yeah mm-hmm. yeah r.i.p hodor r.i.p and we'll hodor. count the dire wolves later <laughs> yes two ish dire wolves remain the truthers are strong yeah three. it's true just keep fly, flying that flag. Yeah. The flag that's got Shaggy Dog on it, I guess. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, it's been a fun in-person episode of Game of Thrones. We did one of these last year in Dan Morin's uh, living room, and now here's one in my garage. So, Woo. Erica Ensign, thank you so much for being on the Flashcast. Thank you for allowing me into uh, into your garage. You're, well, you're welcome. <laughs> now get out. Uh, Steven Shabansky, thank you. Hodor. Oh. <laughs> Thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll talk to you next week.